Hello, this is Jos Parapule, solution priest and clinical psychologist at Sumedha Center for Psycho-Spiritual Wellbeing at Jolly Court, Uttarakhand, with another edition of Psyche and Soul. In this edition, I present another midlife challenge, integration of the masculine and the feminine or the anima and the animus. You were not like this. What happened to you? Anita's husband asked her with some annoyance in his voice. Anita had been a very self-sacrificing wife and mother, a compliant and pleasing type of person always saying yes to whatever her husband and others asked of her. Now she had learned to say no and take care of her own needs. While Anita felt good about the changes in her, others were less pleased. Rahul, a mid-level manager at a firm had been a difficult person to deal with. He was very demanding on others, used to get easily angry and irritable. He always wanted things to be the way he thought they should be and gave little consideration to other people's needs and situations. Now, those around him noticed that he was changing. He was more calm and more considerate and understanding. He was now less driven by the need to achieve and they found it easier to relate to him. What Anita and Rahul were experiencing others and others noticing in them was the kind of changes midlife can bring about in our personalities. These changes are part of the journey toward wholeness 
that Carl Jung described with the term individuation. For us to become more whole, for individuation to occur, it is necessary to bring about greater balance between a masculine and feminine qualities. All of us, men and women, have both masculine and feminine qualities. In the first half of life, men develop their masculine characteristics. Their feminine characteristics remain underdeveloped within them and are personified as the anima. In the first half of life, women give priority to development of their feminine characteristics. Their underdeveloped internal masculine characteristics become personified as their animus. The animus is also known as the internal masculine and the anima, the internal feminine. The animus represents the human potential for active modification, assertiveness and abstract, that is impersonal and objective rationality. The anima represents the human potential for receptive accommodation, contextual empathic thinking and focus on feelings and relationships. The terms masculine and feminine derive their meanings from a social process of gender splitting by which culture distributes aspects of human personality differently between the sexes. Within a particular culture, an individual tends to develop qualities attributed to his or her own sex by that culture and to suppress qualities attributed to the other, other sex. Generally, in most cultures, men are encouraged and expected to focus on getting things done, that is, accomplishment. Women, on the contrary, are to focus on relationships and nurturing others, that is, affiliation. However, it is to be noted that it is not just cultural expectations that shape the animus and the anima. Biology also plays a significant role. Masculinity and femininity in men and women are significantly influenced by hormones. Estrogen, progesterone and oxytocin Hormones responsible for nurturing, bonding, caregiving predominate in women in the first half of life. Testosterone, the hormone responsible for aggression, assertiveness, sex drive, is dominant in men during the early years. In midlife, there is a noticeable decline in these hormones in both men and women, leading to a lessening of their impact and increasing the influence of the opposite hormones and helping to bring about greater balance.
these biological dynamics are able to lessen the impact of cultural expectations and allow men and women develop greater androgyny an energizing blend of the masculine and the feminine at midlife both men and women naturally begin to manifest their contrasexual qualities as a result men at midlife tend to appropriate the qualities of nurturance and tenderness traditionally associated with women likewise midlife and post midlife women adopt the assertive and competitive qualities which the men at this stage are beginning to relinquish this was the experience of rahul and anita greater balance of the masculine and feminine can be further facilitated by a conscious effort as well men's midlife challenge moving from accomplishment to affiliation the challenge for men at midlife is changing their attitude toward work and emotions they are invited to move from ambition and aggressiveness on the work front to warmth and caring in relationships as psychologist daniel levinson observes in his study of men seasons in a man's life the masculine pattern is characterized by a concern with doing men are expected to quote perform accomplish produce unquote it is work performance that gives meaning to their lives the desire to move ahead in their careers makes them work harder than needed men pay a price to this dedication to work that is starving emotional needs and neglecting relationships psychologist roger gold describes some of the more hazardous price men pay for this focus on achievement depression after a big failure stroke bleeding ulcers or sudden crushing pains in the chest heavy drinking and or heavy womanizing disappointment with what they have achieved deep sense of personal failure and worthlessness leading to bitterness these negatives sometimes lead to some positive transformation as well they lead men to open themselves to deeper recesses of their being search their souls for unexpressed areas which they had been afraid to touch before it is in giving more importance to emotions and relationships that men cultivate the feminine in midlife men are invited to reclaim the qualities they formerly denied in themselves and projected onto women such as tenderness sensitivity and vulnerability another way 
is to cultivate aesthetic interests. Commitment to art, music, drama and exploration of nature will release their blocked feminine energies. Women's Midlife Challenge Caring for and developing one's own self. Women's challenge at midlife is changing their attitude towards caring and self-interest. They are invited to move from undue focus on other care to self-care, to meet their own needs and others' needs, to be assertive on behalf of their own interests than being obliging and compliant. Most of the first half of their life, women have neglected their own needs and dreams in order to care for and help others, especially the men in their lives, by being loving, giving and self-sacrificing. They gave priority to relationships, to nurturing others, at the cost of self-nurturing and self-development. Many women, for example, have given up their own dreams and careers to serve the needs of others. At midlife, women feel an inner urge to act on their own behalf and seek their own growth and the realization of their own dreams, rather than stick to the stereotypical wife-mother role. To do this and gain control over their own destiny, women have to confront whatever inner fears or external controls have interfered with their achieving a full life for themselves. Once they take back their power, and stop being subservient, they are able to expand their personalities and grow in self-confidence. Gail Shrihi described this challenge as follows, quote, it is not through more caregiving that a woman looks for replenishment of purpose in the second half of her life. It is through cultivating talents left half-finished, permitting ambitions once piggybacked, becoming aggressive in their service, in the service of her own convictions, rather than a passive-aggressive party to someone else's. Unquote. For many professionals, as well as religious women, the animus anima integration challenge is very similar to that of men, that is, developing their feminine personality. Religious women were thrust into positions of responsibility and power early in life. Professional women had to com compete with men to attain positions of power and influence. 
In order to be effective and remain competitive in a male-oriented power structure, they had to suppress their anima qualities, warmth, compassion, tenderness, vulnerability, etc. and strive to become more manly than men. Their midlife and post-midlife challenge then becomes reclaiming these suppressed and underdeveloped feminine qualities. Greater balance of the masculine and the feminine enables men and women to be more integrated, more whole and enriches their personality. Life once again becomes a meaningful and energizing adventure. Reflection questions. Are you noticing changes in your personality? If yes, what kind? Are other people commenting on changes they notice in you? If they do, what are they saying? What is your challenge in terms of greater integration of your masculine animus and feminine anima qualities? What is it you need to do to respond to this challenge? Prayer. In the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas, Jesus says, quote, When you make the two one, and when you make the inside like the outside, and the outside like the inside, and the above like the below, and when you make male and the female one and the same, then you will enter the kingdom." Unquote. Thus, in the Gnostic Christian tradition, this journey toward wholeness through the redemption of the shadow and the integration of the animus and the anima are necessary to enter the kingdom of God and as such can be considered necessary spiritual exercises. We could stay a while with whatever is evoked in us through the ideas expressed in this podcast and the quote from the Gospel of Thomas. Have a pleasant weekend, be safe, be blessed and thank you for listening.